Welcome to Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms, the podcast for all those busy moms out there who, like me, take care of kids who have a little something extra, and in the midst of all that extra, want to lead a more organized and present life. Whether your child has medical complexities, an intellectual disability, or neurodiversity, I am here for you. My name is Angela O'Brien, and I am the parent of a 19-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer and certified Enneagram coach, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. If you're looking to feel less stressed and be more present in your parenting, if you want to feel proud and not burdened by your home, if you are looking for ways to find more time and energy to do the things that you love with the people you love, then stick around. Let's work together to help you reclaim your space. Welcome back to the show. I'm glad to have you guys here again, and I would like to switch gears a little bit. In the last two episodes, we've tried to tackle some physical things that you can do to help you and your family get more organized. This week, however, I want to take a turn and I want to talk about the why behind really probably the most common principle of organizing, and that is decluttering. I want to talk about why decluttering is so hard, but it's so beneficial for us moms and also for our kids. So let's dive right in. Decluttering. The exact definition of decluttering is removing clutter or unnecessary items from the home. I really do believe that decluttering is truly the first step in living an organized life. And it sounds pretty easy. For a few people, at certain times, it can be. For some of you, doing the five-minute experiment from episode one wasn't too bad. It can be easy if given the right incentive and done at the right time. But for many of us, living real, sometimes hectic or even chaotic lives, caring for others who have special needs, it can feel downright impossible. There are many reasons why decluttering is hard. First of all, we know that decluttering takes time. And yes, it takes usually more than the five minutes that we discussed in my first episode. Decluttering can also take a lot of decision-making to figure out what to declutter, how much. And then once you've decluttered the items, you now have to figure out where all those items are going to go. Will you try to sell them, donate them to a charity, figure out if they can be recycled or throw them in the trash? Those are a lot of decisions to make. And then you have even more decisions after that. Where will you donate your items? How will you get there? How long will they sit in your car before you finally drop them off at the donation site? I would love to meet someone who has never driven around with donations in their car for at least a day, because I am so guilty of that myself. How will you find someone to buy your items if you want to sell them and for how much? It can seem like so much that you don't even want to go there. So that's a lot of decision fatigue that can happen. And then there are the thoughts and feelings we have to work through while decluttering. 
These can be hard to navigate sometimes, especially if you're trying to declutter items that remind you of loved ones or old memories. And you know you should move it from your home, but the feelings that these items bring up, they just can take you down the wrong path. For example, let's just talk about guilt for a second. I have had a couple special needs moms tell me that having a child that's developmentally delayed, or at least not developing neurotypically, they struggle with guilt or hopeful or wishful thinking when deciding what to declutter. For instance, having a nine-year-old that hasn't quite learned to read, but mom wants to keep the alphabet blocks meant for a preschooler because those could still help him learn his sounds, even though he hasn't shown interest in those blocks since he was four. Scenarios like that can be tough to work through, and as well as the feelings that they produce. You can feel so overwhelmed with the task or the emotions from seeing all these items that you just end up shutting down or procrastinating. And I'm very, very, very good at procrastinating myself. I'm guessing none of this is a surprise to you if you're listening, because all of us have experienced these thoughts and feelings at one time or another. So if you find yourself resisting the process of decluttering, it might be helpful to understand the underlying reasons why. Is it because you think you need a big chunk of time to declutter and you only ever find yourself with 15 minutes to spare? Is it because you don't want to think about when your kids were little as you go through their items? Is it because you're tired after a long day of caring for your family and you know that decision fatigue will set in after just 10 minutes? These are all valid reasons and I want you to give yourself some grace around this. Acknowledge that decluttering is hard and that is okay. You may not be up for the task all the time because you've prioritized your kids, your work, your family, whatever else there is going on, and you just aren't there yet. Acknowledge that and give yourself some grace, just like you would if a friend were admitting all this to you. If a friend called you up and unloaded how awful they felt for not getting their house decluttered, you wouldn't criticize her and tell her that she was lazy. You wouldn't tell her to chin up and just do it. It's not that hard. You'd listen to why, and you'd remind her how great she is at taking care of her daughter's constant doctor's appointments, or how awesome she is to volunteer at her child's school, or what a boss she is at the office because she gets things done there. We need to treat our own selves like we would treat our friends. So acknowledge that this is hard and give yourself some grace. Now, we all know how hard decluttering our home can be, but I want to switch gears for a moment and discuss some of the benefits of decluttering our home. Because if we can get a sense of the positive outcomes and what decluttering can do for ourselves and especially for our kids, that might get us a little bit more motivated to at least get started and keep going until we can actually see those benefits for ourselves. First off, let's think about time. I am quite sure that this is probably one of your more valuable resources right now as a mom taking care of kids with special needs. Did you know that the average American woman spends 55 minutes every day looking for items? Almost an hour a day. Can you imagine what you could do with an extra hour every day? Decluttering and organizing our homes helps us get more time in the long run because when we have fewer items to hold and contain in our homes, we have fewer items to look for and more space to look for them in. Okay, consider another statistic that Americans have 3.1% of all the children in the world and yet our kids consume 40% 
of the entire world's toys. 40%. That's a huge number. It is well known that kids can get overstimulated and overwhelmed if their play areas are too filled with toys. So imagine our kids with intellectual disabilities or neurodiversity, what they're dealing with when they're surrounded by too many things. Research has shown that fewer toys lead to better quality play in toddlers. So imagine if our kids could spend time focusing on a smaller number of toys in a calmer, less cluttered space, how helpful that could be for them in learning to play. How could that help them better regulate their nervous systems? Okay, we've talked about time. We've talked about overwhelm. Let's think about the money that we could save from decluttering. We tend to think that hanging on to items for various reasons doesn't really cost us anything. But the truth is, hanging on to items that we no longer need or enjoy does have a cost. There are costs to store items, clean items, maintain the items, and then also clean the space that holds all the items. For instance, I'm going to admit right here and now that I am guilty of this. We pay money to have a storage facility that houses our Christmas decor and a few of my organizing products and some items that we have been saving for some time. Items that I am pretty sure my college junior has no intention of taking when he graduates. And I just want to kick myself for not getting it cleaned out or at least decluttered so that I can pay for a smaller storage locker. That's an extra $200 a month that I could be saving right now if I were to get rid of it. In fact, now that I'm thinking about this, my son is coming home next week. And unfortunately for him, I'm going to bring him over to that storage facility and have him tell me he doesn't want those things. So I will feel better about getting rid of them. And I promise I will report back to you. So there's time, there's overwhelm, there's a financial cost, but there's also a mental cost. Because the more items we own, the more we have to think about. The more stuff we have to think about, the less our brains can focus on the things we actually want it to focus on. Our family, helping our kids succeed, making memories, experiences, building our businesses or moving up in our careers. See, decluttering allows for more space in our homes, but also in our brains as well. Okay, hopefully I have sold you on the benefits of decluttering. Now it's just a matter of, well, okay, Ange, how do I actually do this? How do I keep going? I'm so busy, I barely have time to wash my face, much less declutter my home. I know, I get it. But I will challenge you that if you are serious about wanting to make a change, if you're serious about wanting to improve your home life, about reclaiming some calm and reducing some of that overwhelm that we almost all feel from the clutter in our homes, then you need to address your mindset. It's actually not just a five-minute decluttering exercise, although that never hurts. It is in the brain where all of this starts, and it's in the brain where the shift really starts to set in and take hold. Okay, so what do I mean by this? Let's say that your current thought is, for instance, I'm so busy, I just don't have time to declutter. I would challenge you to ask yourself, is that statement really true that you don't have any time at all to declutter? Now, there might be a few times when the answer to that is actually true, but I'm going to take a guess and say that's not true all the time, that you don't ever have any extra time to declutter your home. So what I would suggest is that you try to come up with a truer, more accurate statement. Now, please take note. I'm not asking you to come up with a more positive statement, just a truer one. 
saying something positive that isn't really true isn't really going to actually help you at all. But perhaps a truer statement might be, I am so busy right now and I still want to declutter my home. Or I'm so busy right now and I can find five minutes, three nights a week to declutter a drawer or clear away some items. Or perhaps I am so busy right now and I can at least go through and declutter my purse while I'm sitting in the car waiting for my child to get out of therapy. Do you see what I did there? It's called acknowledging that truth that you are busy, but also acknowledging the and that even though you are busy, you still want a more organized home. Another example might be something like, I love my child so much, so I have to let him have as many toys as I can afford to get for him. What if I were to challenge you to rethink that into a perhaps truer statement, such as, I love my child so much that I want him or her to have the right amount of toys that helps him grow and develop. See how that's different? You still love your child just the same. But now you're demonstrating that love in a different way and you're stating how you want to demonstrate that love in a different, healthier way. I'm challenging you to think about this in a different way because the truth is we all have choices. We all make decisions every day on how we spend our time, what we focus on, what our priorities are, what we bring into and out of our homes. And if the benefits of decluttering are something we really want, then we have to start to shift our mindset. Because if you can start thinking about decluttering in a way that's accessible to you, you will start acting on it. Our actions result from the thoughts and feelings we have. So if your thoughts are, I am so overwhelmed and I can still pick one thing to let go of in my home, then your actions will follow. You will find that one item to let go of. You will find a way to take one drawer in your bathroom and remove all the makeup that's expired. You'll find a way to rotate out your son's toys so that he has just the right amount to choose from at any one time. And I promise you, those little actions will build. It doesn't have to be every single day. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to happen, right? I hope this helped you think about decluttering in a different way, a new way. And I hope that you can start reframing your thoughts so that decluttering can actually become part of your schedule, even if it's just a few minutes a day. Please let me know, how did this help you? What struggles are you dealing with when you're trying to declutter? What thoughts do you hear yourself saying that seem to be holding you back from a decluttered life? I would love to hear from you. I hope you all have a great week and I hope you can get out there and reclaim some space. I'll see you next time.